Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Tan and welcome to Providence Money Wisdom, an original podcast inspired by my book Money Wisdom, Simple Truths for Financial Wellness. In this podcast, I'll be sharing simple financial truths to guide you in navigating through the minefields of misinformation and false promises in order to achieve financial security and peace of mind. The Philosophy of Profitability of Wealth Management Firms At one of our meetings in 2007, my then Chief Investment Strategist was briefing us on our new investment portfolios. Besides the advantages of the portfolios, we were discussing the nitty-gritty and the difficulties that we had to go through when we introduced them to the clients. During the break, my then Head of Client Relationship Management asked me innocently, Chris, do we make more money from clients by going through all the trouble doing this? I smiled at her and replied, No, we don't. In fact, we may even make lesser because of the higher operational cost. She then looked at me curiously and asked, Why then do we do this? I thought for a while and well, gave her my answers, some of which have been discussed in the earlier episodes but I see merit in mentioning them here again. Well, firstly, better investment performance. You see, our new investment portfolios were created for our high net worth clients using what we believe to be the best instruments for them. A portfolio made up of largely low-cost index funds and evidence-based funds sourced globally instead of actively managed funds. Proponents of actively managed mutual funds believe that fund managers can outperform the market by picking good value stocks and trading these stocks in and out of the market. Investors usually have to pay, well, front-end fees of a couple of percent on the amount of investments into these mutual funds each time they transact into these funds. This includes all the rebalancing and there is no cap to the sales charge that they pay. On top of it, investors pay to the fund managers an annual management fee of anything between 1 to 2 over percent each year. Most financial institutions recommend actively managed mutual funds or unit trust. Besides being paid the front-end fees, they get annual trailers, a proportion of the annual management fees. On the other hand, proponents of passive investing using index funds or ETFs believe that one cannot beat the market as markets are efficient. Even if some fund managers can, they cannot beat it consistently over a long period. Hence, putting your money into these funds is like gambling. You hope to find the correct manager that can beat the market and hopefully they can beat it consistently during your investment period. These investors would rather invest in index funds or ETFs that consists of a diversified basket of stocks that represent the market. These funds are far less active in the buying and selling of stocks because they do not pick stocks. Hence, the annual management fees for passive investing can be as low as 20 to 30 basis points or 0.2 to 0.3% and sometimes even lower. The main difference for ETFs is that they are packaged index funds that are traded in the market like a stock. You pay normal brokerage fees of about 
well, say maybe 10 basis points or 15 basis points or sometimes even lower. Well, because of the low cost of investing, it can potentially translate to higher returns for investors. But investors who are into index funds or ETFs are only looking forward to market rate of return of an index and not above market returns. They feel that mutual funds slightly better than market returns does not justify the returns taken to achieve it or should I say does not justify the risk taken to achieve it. Advocates of passive investing includes well, Charles Schwab, Barclays Global Investors, Dimensional Fund Advisors, The Vanguard Group, Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, a numerous academic institutions and many economic Nobel laureates. Earlier in this podcast, some episodes ago, I have discussed how most actively managed funds cannot beat the market and for those that they do, they do not beat it consistently. That is why in my firm Provident, we have transited to using low-cost instruments such as ETFs, index funds and evidence-based funds from dimensional fund advisors for all our investment portfolios. These instruments have proven to better deliver the expected returns for our clients than high-cost, actively managed funds. All said, the lower profitability of passive investments due to zero front-end commissions and lower or no trailers may discourage big financial institutions from using such an investment vehicle, even if it is good. Find it hard to believe? Well, listen on. So I'm going to talk about the different philosophy towards profitability. If you are a young professional or say an entrepreneur with between 600,000 and 2 million in investable assets, beware because you are seated right in the center of a hot battle in Singapore's booming wealth management industry, known as the core affluent, sometimes also known as the mass affluent group. You are likely to be aggressively courted by big players. This is because financial institutions find this segment a lucrative one. It has been reported that the core affluent customers can be charged a higher margin of 3% of investment amount in contrast to the 1% margin for private banking clients. So if you belong to this group, you could be worth or you could be made to subsidize services rendered to clients of higher net worth. Well, if I were a core affluent client, I would run as fast as I could from these institutions because they are rolling out their red carpet for me so that they can charge me more. To be sure, with such a mindset, will simple, low-cost, but effective investment instruments such as passive investing vehicle ever be recommended? What will be sold are usually complicated structures that command a higher profit margin. Interestingly, this is being mentioned in the mainstream media. We are not here to discuss the merits of these structures. What I take issue with is the philosophy of profitability. Profitability to these big institutions means finding the clients with money that will pay and make a huge profit out from them. It means launching an expensive marketing program, finding new clients and getting the most out from these clients. So why did we go through the trouble of creating our new portfolios? Because our 
philosophy of profitability is not to spend huge amount of budget on attracting new clients and creating products on which we can charge a higher margin to these clients, but to spend money making existing clients our raving fans. Not only do we retain our clients, we also get new clients through their word of mouth to make raving fans. Besides excellent client experience that is personal and warm, we must focus on delivering better than expected investment experience. Our new portfolios are meant to do just that. Though this approach is a slow way to quick profits and tedious at times, it is nevertheless a better way to sustainable profits. The philosophy of profitability often differentiates the big and small wealth management firms. My guess is that many of these big institutions are unlikely to change their philosophy of profitability. Big institutions are usually owned by institutional and individual shareholders, and the management team's job is to maximize shareholders' returns. Each year, thousands of senior executives get promoted to senior positions or get headhunted with huge salaries to join competitor firms. Their KPI or key performance indicator is how much money they can bring in for their employer. Ironically, I thank them for their philosophy of profitability. For as long as it exists, small, independent, private wealth advisory firms like ours can thrive. Disgruntled clients come to us when they realize that they can get good advice underpinned by a different corporate philosophy. There is great advantage being smaller in the wealth management industry. In the words of Seth Godin, a management guru, small means that the founder is involved in a far greater percentage of customer interactions. Small means that the founder is close to the decision that matter and can make them quickly. Small means that you can tell the truth on your blog. Small means that you can answer emails from your customers. And small is the new big. But small is the new big only when the firm thinks big and delivers big for clients. Today, although Provident is no longer small, we are considered a mid-sized firm by the amount of monies that we manage for our clients. Well, the mindset has not changed. We think big, but we build deep so that we can deliver a good investment experience for our clients. Thank you for tuning in to Providence Money Wisdom. I will be back soon with the next episode. For more information on my book or Providence services, kindly visit Providence.com. I'll see you the next time. All analysis, views or opinions from interviews, recommendations and other information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein are provided for general information purposes only. Information expressed does not take into account any specific situation, particular needs or objectives and should not be construed as specific advice or a recommendation. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal or tax professional 
before taking any action. Provident Limited does not accept any liability for any loss whatsoever arising from any use of the information broadcasted, podcasted, or published herein. All contents and information contained herein may not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part by any means without prior written consent of Provident Limited.